Hi, everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to address the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical abortions shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortions.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up. Take care and spread the word. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to our bonus episode. In the midst of the world falling apart, I appreciate you for taking the time to watch more of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Now, when you say uh, in the midst of the world falling apart, what are you referring to? I have my own world falling apart that some people may. Well, some people commented in the Facebook group that you sent me a screenshot to. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about it? (laughs) There was a prostitution sting at a local strip club in New Jersey. In New Jersey. It's uh, what they say, uh, as they say, a stone's throw away <laughs> from my house. <clears throat> Wait, is it really? No, I'm joking. It's, um, I'd say, 15 to 16 minutes away, depending on traffic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, you know, no reason for me to be specific. I turned the ways on. I'm joking, guys. I've never been. Okay. They couldn't identify me if I, you know. If I if I come up, because you go in with a new disguise every time, they do. I do. Yeah, all the <laughs> girls are going to be like, "It was weird." He's asking us. He was calling us goose. <laughs> um, but you know they shut down a family establishment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post a link yeah. of the article in the comments of oh, this. Fantastic in the description of this episode so people can check it out. Yeah, so that's your idea of the world falling apart. Mm-hmm. What's yours? You know, just everything. Have you been watching these hearings? No, but Arthi has, and she texts me about him, and she is as excited as... She says, <laughs> she said, have you been watching this new show? It's called the January 6th hearings, and <laughs> every episode is more exciting than the last. Oh, my God. This past week has been nuts. This past week, I'm just. I dear, I did hear about the ketchup writings on the wall. Yeah, 
It's all. So like the last two weeks, or I guess it started last week, um, you know, when I was watching it, I just kept getting angrier and angrier. Uh, this week has just been like, I don't know. It's almost, it's almost too crazy for me to be angry about it anymore. I'm just like, if you guys don't learn at this point, God bless you. But like, here's my thing. I think obviously it's like a shit show or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody who any like, okay, obviously there's like the MAGA QAnon crazy people who like worship this man. Right. Yeah. But I, I think like a, ma- a majority of Republicans that are still very much Republicans or even like the quote unquote good Republicans that we knew in the past who somehow aligned themselves with Trump. Mm-hmm. The, the thing with them is that they don't care about who it was that was president. They just cared about this person being there long enough for them to get their judges in. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, as far as they're concerned, they don't give a shit how many plates full of ketchup Trump throws against the wall. They don't give a shit if he gets arrested or not. As far as they're mm-hmm. concerned, their work is done. Well, yeah. So that's the thing, right? So I'm not, you know, the worst that was that was going to happen. I'm hoping is behind us. That's the thing, right? It it's still going on, obviously, with everything that's happened in the last three weeks and all these cases getting overturned and everything. But I am. Um, I was still upset at those Republicans last week. Mm-hmm. This week, I'm just like, listen, man. If you don't like, if you don't uh, switch at this point, then there's no, you know, there's no reason talking to you. And and I and I don't think that there's enough of those type of people to actually play a part in the future. That's what I'm hoping. What I'm yeah. hoping is that you know it it basically just makes him step out of the limelight in 2024. I'm okay with like a little bit, you know, I'm not okay with it, but I prefer uh, a Republican who isn't Trump than Trump. That's my thing right now. I mean, obviously limitations to it. I wouldn't prefer like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or something, but like a Ron DeSantis or something like that. Um, This uh, podcaster, Cara Berry, said (laughs) Marjorie Taylor Greene looks like a ham hock. (laughs) You know, the thing is, I don't know what a ham hock is, but I can immediately imagine her looking like one. If you Google ham hock, you're going to be like, oh, my God, if Marjorie, if a ham hock was a person, it would be Marjorie Taylor Greene. Is it like, a, is it an oval meat? Uh, a ham hock. A ham hock is like the, the big piece of ham and on like Christmas with the legs sticking out of it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. that's amazing (laughs) anyway um yeah so that's happening you know it's just uh it's unrest everywhere you turn Mm -hmm. and so i'm having a hard time um i'm having I'm having a hard time, man. Um, I got to get on some meds, and I've been having a really hard time getting my hands on meds. It's not okay. And that's a mess. And you know, well, thanks for having me on. It was uh, lovely <laughs> catching up with you. <laughs> Would you look at the time? Wow, six whole minutes. <laughs> So, 
a nice distraction actually has been Miss Marvel, but then I cry every time. Yeah. What are we talking about first? Are we talking about Miss Marvel? You want to get the tears out of the way or you want to you want to do your Real Housewives? No, let's talk about Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip because it's too silly for words. Yes. Okay. What did you think about this episode? Do you understand why I wanted you to watch it? I do understand exactly why you wanted me to watch it. And uh, that was because. And I hate. Well, I mean, I have my reasons. There's a lot of things that happen. I hope it's not because of like the penis games at the end, because that's <laughs> not who I am. <laughs> what? That was a. That was not. It's not even in my notes. Was it? Was it the lasagna bake off? Okay, one, it was a lasagna bake off, and two, it was also because of the um, the the game of games. The relay race. Oh, yes, of course. You know, I was actually thinking about that because we did that for your husband. He, yeah, you did. Except yes. it wasn't as fun. What, what wasn't as fun? The game that we did for your husband? Yeah. No, it was way more fun. You know how many times we've been asked to repeat that per- performance for other older brown men in the what area? You, what you did for him. Uh, so it was uh, 2020, right? Yeah. Right in the middle of COVID, right at the beginning of COVID. Hot, hot. It wasn't in the beginning. Okay, it was September, so it stopped. It would stop. So we were still masking, obviously. Yeah, and we were still outdoorsing. We were outdoorsing, exactly. So we set up uh, a whole bunch of football games for your husband. And then there was like 25 grown men, all of them 35 and above. Yeah. So there was like a relay race. There was a... Not in prime shape. Nope. Well, already not in prime shape. And then you add the COVID pounds on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great time. I think we had sandwiches at the end. Yeah. There were sandwiches. There was a park for the kids. Mm-hmm. So what was it? It was like a, 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 a relay race. There was a relay race. There was like football accuracy throws, passes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was uh, like you'd have to catch over other people. There were... It was just a whole bunch of football-related stuff. Yeah. Because your husband is a child. <laughs> it was either, either that or something to do with Batman. Yep. A big baby. Um, do you think that you would have killed it during this race? I was looking at all of the different events, and I think I would have done well. I don't know if I would have known the phrases, but I think I would have been able to put it together. Yeah, I can't you know even I mean? remember the races now. What I know one so, thing was, what was the first thing? Do you remember? The balloons. You pop the balloons okay, you and you come up with an iconic phrase. Yeah, fine. Then uh, you go, I, I think like apple, you you look through the apples for golden a golden apple. apple. Yeah. Which is easy enough. Yeah, easy. Then there's a shuttlecock that you got to land on the peach. Yeah. Which is all right. Hilarious. Yeah. And then you um, have to get the diamond out of the boxes. The gift yes. boxes. Some of Actually, them. That, yeah, that may have been the second one. And then my favorite, because of how Dorinda uh, refers to it, you get into a potato shack. <laughs> you get into a potato shack. Potato shack. <laughs> and you, oh, Marco. No, fuck Marco. We're going to talk about Marco. Marco <laughs> is so useless. I get so upset every time I have to see him. Marco is more useless than the entire sleeve of ivermectin uh, Vicky is taking. <laughs> so, so Vicky goes to the she has to go to the hospital. This is it is actually true. Every single season of Real Housewives, Vicky has to end up having some sort of like an, a medical emergency 
But I will say this. She comes back after that steroid shot. She's doing great. Yeah, she does. Well, (laughs) she yeah, right away she does great. Because I'm trying to remember when she was sick. It was after they went shopping. Yeah. The first, Vicky's Vicky's first appearance when she's in bed yeah. was jarring. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like um I like I was starting to think she looked kind of like a ghost cuz she was so pale. Yeah. But really she looked like um uh you know a baked Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like a baked Alaska that had been left out in the sun. Or maybe it wasn't like properly flambéed, or well, I don't know how you prepare it. I guess that's just a flame layer, right? At the torch, yeah. Like somebody quit in the middle and just left it out in the sun. No, one all you see are just white peaks just melting down. Yeah, it's her COVID fever breaking. <laughs> that's what that is. That's, that's the part too. She like she hits every single COVID symptom. It's hilarious. <laughs> She's on WebMD. She has every single one of them. <clears throat> oh god, it's so fun. I do enjoy this show. Um, do you think that Dorinda is still a good hostess? You know, I had a I had that exact same question for you. Yes. In my notes, um, I think she is. Uh, I appreciate where her heart is with the itinerary and everything like that, right? But I think as a host, she can't get out of her way. And um, I'm sure we're going to cover Brandy later. But she went too far with Brandy's lasagna with the whipped cream comment. So mean. (laughs) So mean. So this is the thing with Dorinda, okay? Dorinda is um, a monster when she's mean. When she's mean, I would compare her to... Perhaps our brother. Ooh. Or she well, goes. I'd, com- I'd compare it to somebody else I know in my bloodline. <laughs> our dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. She does the thing where when somebody gets upset, she starts to mock them when they're upset. Mm-hmm. You know? Like she's, it's messed up because what happens at the beginning of this episode, the episode is they, do they do the relay race first and then do they go somewhere? Oh yeah. They go shopping. Mm-hmm. They go shopping. They're, they're doing all this stuff at the house and they do the relay race. Then everybody takes a nap. And then what happens at the end of the episode? Where do they go to eat? No. So they, uh, they do oh, the real, they, then they have the lasagna at the end. Uh, before right. they do the, the, before they do the field day, Vicky goes to the, uh, to the hospital. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so the thing with Dorinda is like, she, you know, she keeps telling everybody like, oh, Brandy's a good person. Brandy's a good person. Like you need to be nice to her. She's a good person. But as soon as Dorinda feels like somebody is even a slight bit of competition for something that she is doing, she mm-hmm. will immediately go into the attack. Right. So like, this episode, I was like, okay, Brandy is redeemable in this episode. Like, the way that we felt yeah. about her in the first two episodes, I was like, all right, well. Yeah, I'm a man of no conviction because I did turn around on, on Brandy. Yeah, yeah. But and we, I was, I was, Tamara was being really mean at that, like, ghost place where she was like, go home. Nobody wants you here. I was like, shut up, Tamara. Nobody wants you here. So I can excuse everything, right, mm-hmm. other than the Taylor bit of it. which yeah, of course. It's obvious that Brandy knows what she's doing right now, unless they have some sort of off-camera agreement that this is something that can be talked about. Um, yeah. 
That's still, I'm still not okay with that part. No, I'm not okay with it either. No. But the rest of it, I was like, you know, Brandy, she's trying. She is trying, of course, until the end when she says Eva's, has calls Eva's husband a mangina. So I was, so she didn't actually call him a mangina, right? She said that I thought he would be a mangina. Just real quick break. I want Phaedra to uh-huh. teach me, to, to teach me sex education. Because the way that she she says mangina, she goes mangina. <laughs> I just imagine her just saying others, you know, terms. A fallopian tooth. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Have you ever yeah. seen that read of um, Phaedra's where she goes after Kenya Moore at a reunion, and it's like a. It's like a good like ninety second monologue of her um, just going off on Kenya, and it's filled with things like, you know, I'm here with my kids while you're out there peddling for sperm banks every weekend, and you don't know if your husband's gonna be a, a an axe murderer or a rapist. Like, oh it's this long read. She's pregnant when she does it. <laughs> And after she finishes, because the way she's sitting, she kind of has her back turned to Kenya on the couch. And after she's done talking, she just turns and looks away. And certainly I think it was rehearsed. Like I think she had been practicing it at home. But it is theater. It is Shakespearean. It's so mean. But like that is the Phaedra that like we used to know. I do think that the Phaedra that is coming on this show is like a whole new, it's like a character. Like she's obviously mm-hmm. a character. She's like putting on a, a little bit of a front, but I do just enjoy watching her watch these people and be like, these black, these white women or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Brandy. So they have this, they have this lasagna off. Um. What, did you think of Brandy's lasagna? I was trying. Well, yeah, I, I don't. I kind of got lost when she was describing the ingredients for her sauce. I believe there was champagne and sugar and oh, lemon. Cabernet. She says, "Yeah, it's Cabernet and lemon because you need the acid." <laughs> and she says it earnestly, but it's like, yeah, you need. Ca- you. I understand you can use red wine in your sauce, but you have to like wait to let it cook off. But she just had like. It was like it was like it was like wine soup with meat yeah. bits floating in it and noodles. It looked gross. Like the 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 sauce hadn't even like settled properly, right? No, it wasn't thick. Hadn't even like cooked through. They were. It was like a. It was like a chili. It was like a wine. It was a wine soup. That's what it was. Yeah. Now, as somebody who um, you've perfected your lasagna, well, thank you so much. Um, you haven't made it in over eight years. Um, <laughs> You don't eat carbs anymore. What do you want me to do? Well, I did for four years before. Okay. Uh, anyways, whose lasagna did you prefer? I mean, obviously I mean, you preferred. I mean, obviously, if I had to pick between the two, I would eat um, Dorinda's lasagna because you could actually see the pasta and stuff. But it was Dorinda's lasagna with a side of fingers. Yeah. I'm okay with the. I know with- you are. You. I was going <laughs> to ask you. I could tell because you're not. You're not a stranger to, to mixing up the foods with the fingers. <laughs> you're not. You're not a stranger to, casually picking up a 
piece of food if in yeah. a communal plate. No, so I'm okay with doing that for myself if I'm serving myself, right? Yeah. But I was trying to think of if I'd be okay with Dorinda sticking her hands in her... But I figured she's a host, isn't it? Isn't the polite thing to do? No, the... Wait, do you think that, like, when you go to my house that I'm just, like, putting my saliva in all your food? No, 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 no. I mean, the polite thing to do is not to make a comment about the host putting their hands in. Sure, sure. And none of them did. Yeah. None of them did. I'm with Jill, who says, I mean, if I'm going to pick one, it's Dorinda's, but neither of them are really lasagna. Dorinda put cottage cheese in it. What do you usually put? Ricotta? Ricotta. 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 Is that what you put in yours? I don't know. It's been a long time. Cottage cheese. (laughs) Cottage cheese gives me, like, PTSD to, like, the mayo diet that, like, I tried to do several times over the course (laughs) of my life. Where, like, yeah. You wake up and you have a grapefruit, and then your snack is a bowl of cottage cheese. Yeah, cottage cheese never really crossed my my uh, my timeline. As I say, I don't think I've ever really had cottage cheese. Maybe like in like a one of those like to go cups. You know how mm-hmm. sometimes I have cottage cheese and like I don't know like syrup or something, or like a jam. Maybe no, they never do. Nobody does. Whatever yeah. you've had, it's probably like rice pudding. Like it's not – nobody is eating cottage cheese. Either you're eating yogurt or you're eating regular cheese, but cottage cheese is just like – It feels like it would linger on your breath for a while. I mean, okay, let me not – let me stop. It's not the worst thing like to have with like a bowl – like a, some cottage cheese with a bunch of berries and some honey – and stuff is fine but like i would rather have that with say yogurt yeah you know but i would certainly not put it in my lasagna yeah it was disgusting and i just i don't trust like the brandy's like hair wasn't in the lasagna oh yeah i would i mean i wouldn't actually eat either one of their lasagnas like you know that wouldn't be a if I was, if I had like my choice, I would just be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm not hungry right now. Oh my God, Dorinda was... would kill you. She would murder you. She would be like, I put all this effort, I made it nice. And she's really mad. So does mad. Dorinda think that she's the star of this show? Yes. I believe that Dorinda thinks that this show was. Uh, Dorinda Medley at Bluestone Manor. I think that she really thought this show was going to be about her house and her being Lady of the Manor. I don't think that she realized that this was actually a show about the rest of the women. I think she really thinks that she was like the host of the television show. Like they're making a little show and this is the first season of every, every season Dorinda hosts a new set of reality TV stars at her house. I really yeah. think that's what she thought that this was going to be because um, they didn't film this. Uh, I think they started filming this before the first season of Ultimate Girls Trip released. Okay. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. But I don't think that these women knew what the show was going to be at that time. I think they just got a call from Peacock of we're thinking about doing the show. Would you like to come? They said, okay, yeah, fine. And that's that. This is just a Peacock exclusive, right? It'll eventually be on Bravo, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, so then they have this like game night and Dorinda is still very much trying to control the situation. And then Brandy says, what about these dick slinging games? And everybody does seem to have a lovely time, even though initially I was like, Ugh, Brandy, you and your dicks. <laughs> and then everybody had a great time. I'm not going to lie. Every time I've been at like a, say a bachelorette situation, mm-hmm. it's like penis straws and like penis gummies. I'm like, this is so dumb. But then by the end of the night, I'm like, woo! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've obviously never had a penis gummy or a penis straw that I've sucked out of. Um, But we don't, you know, I've been to bachelor parties and they aren't like vagina cups or anything like that. Yeah, because honestly, the penis straws aren't great either. Huh? They're not great. But like you just kind of get, you get into a woo mood at a bachelorette party. You know, that's what I figured. After a little while, you're just being silly. Yeah, after a little while, you're like, "Yay, everyone is silly!" And then you're chanting, you know, "Same dick forever, same dick," <laughs> and then it's just fun. You know, you're just having a good time. But uh, like, do I initially, when somebody pulls out like a an inflatable penis, am mm. I initially like, "Oh, brother!" Like, I get annoyed, but at the end of the night, it is really fun. You're like, "All right." We're tossing rings onto this and I have to catch it. That sounds so fun. But then Rinda has this turn happen where they're playing this game and and she seems to not like the fact that everybody enjoyed the other game more. Right? Mm. Is that basically what happens? Where she's like, I think they ask, uh, it basically starts to happen where everybody's like going around and answering questions. And then they asked Jill a question like, what's something about your father that you don't like, right? Yeah. What dis- what What's disappointed you about your father? Yeah. Which is like, this is not a fun game. Yeah, this is not a fun game, Dorinda. We were just tossing rings on inflatable dicks. Like, nobody wants to be talking about childhood trauma. And I understand what Brandy was saying, being like, you know, we're on national television. Like, just be careful. Yeah. And I think the thing is that Dorinda... The way Dorinda responded being like, yeah, Brandy, we've all been on TV before. It goes to show that like Dorinda really is still fresh off of reality TV, whereas Brandy and Jill and all these other people have been off TV for a while now. Like Dorinda, um, yeah, Dorinda, Vicky and Tamara are the ones that were the last to get off Bravo. Whereas the rest of them have been not on Bravo for quite some time. So you think there's truth to that statement that Brandy makes? You know, these women are just freshly off of Housewives. Oh, yeah. I don't know. 100%. Like, I think, yeah. Because I was actually agreeing with Dorinda where I was like, you know, they're all veterans. They know exactly what the hell they're doing in terms of being on camera. Like, I would expect Jill to know. But then again, Jill being, we'll get to Jill later. Poor Jill. No, fuck Jill. Every single time she's walking around the house and talking to herself, the Chiron at the bottom is like, Jill, still talking to herself. <laughs> so they're making fun of her. So mean. Wait, why do you say fuck Jill? Tell me. Um, I probably shouldn't say fuck Jill. Okay. She is. I um, I accidentally, because I was like catching up on the episode today, yeah. um, I accidentally started episode four, which I think yeah. you're in the middle of. And I see what's going on with Jill trying to get on um eve uh eva's show or whatever and it's just i do kind of agree like i I don't understand 
the I don't understand the the space that Jill is occupying on this trip. I, I think, think everyone just kind of thinks she's annoying. So I feel really bad for her because I do think that she's trying so hard. But you also will notice like everybody's doing things and Jill would be like on the side, like with her phone out, taking a picture of them. Like she just it just she I actually find her to be sweet and really sad. Like, I don't know. I think you're right in that I don't know what her space is on this show, but I also think that Dorinda is making sure that Jill doesn't have a space on this show because Dorinda mm-hmm. thinks that she's the real housewife of New York on the show and yeah. Jill is just kind of there. You know, she even says like on the first episode or whatever that like, oh, I was put on pause, whereas everybody's like, yeah, we were all fired. Like, okay. you know, Dorinda is definitely living that delusion of like the same as Vicky, right? Of like, I don't know why I'm an ex-housewife. Like, I shouldn't be off the show they all they both think that they're they're worthy of bravo cameras whereas the rest of them i think are like we're just lucky to be here yeah <laughs> you know? like whereas i think dorinda feels like she's entitled to be there you that that um that was taken out of context for you about about uh about jill trying to get on eva's show and i really wish that you would um you know give jill a chance because she's really trying, okay? Would you have Eva on this show? I mean, not Eva. Would you have Jill on this show? Oh, my God. I would love to talk to Jill. First of all, she would only talk about herself. I wouldn't even have to talk. I'd just sit on the side and listen. She'd she just be hawking her pajamas? She'd be, yeah. She'd talk about her pajamas. She'd talk about her clothes. She'd talk about Allie. Um, someone I know here is uh, in New Jersey is very good friends with Allie's father. Oh. Yeah, so Jill's ex. Uh, they live right here in Short Hills, New Jersey. Um, Wait, I thought Jill's husband died. Uh, Bobby? Bobby yeah. did die. Bobby did die, but he's not Allie's father. Oh. Uh... Correct. Okay. Um, anyway, then uh, things get weird, and <laughs> things get weird, and Brainy, Brainy puts her foot in her mouth. And then everybody's like, okay, well, I think it's time to go to bed. But Dorinda has this look on her face, this like really like smug look on her face of like, see, there's that Brandy again, being a little idiot. It's like, Dorinda, have you looked at yourself in the mirror? You're acting crazy. Now I have a question for you. Do you think that this is how I act when I have an itinerary? (laughs) Um... There were multiple times during this episode while I was watching it when I thought of you. Oh, okay. With the itinerary stuff. All right. All right. Is that? Do you feel like you act that way? You know, the important thing about me is that <laughs> <laughs> is that no one thinks that I'm more annoying than I think of myself as annoying. Like. No one could think that I'm more annoying than the way I think that I'm annoying. Does that make sense? It does. No, it does make sense. Yeah. But then it begs I'm the, the question, m- why don't you fucking stop? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always trying to improve myself. I really am. Okay. I just want you to understand that when I'm annoying about something, I... I, no one hates it more than me. So it's like really torture for you. It's torture for me. 
Like, I will beat myself up over how fucking awful I was. And the other thing is, I think it helps that I'm, like, married. I know everybody thinks that my husband's, like, the best fucking guy in the world. But my brother my, – my husband is a – oh, Jesus. My husband is a very, 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 very uh, – he's also a type of person. <laughs> he is also type A. And he is very like if you think I have an itinerary, if you tell this man five weeks in advance that on July second we have to be somewhere at one o'clock sharp, mm-hmm. he will start hounding me about it by like June twenty ninth. You know what I mean? So yeah. I th- I think that like that also has helped me be like, you know what? Maybe we don't need structure. Maybe it's fine. <laughs> Maybe we just like go with it. So. That also is, but I'm, I'm. My point is, I'm working on it, man. <laughs> Your husband seems like uh, he suffers in silence. That's what I see every time I look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> he is suffering in silence. But do you think he's suffering in silence because I'm so structured, or do you think he's suffering in silence because I'm not structured enough? Because I think it's because I'm not structured enough compared to him. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh my god, he's really pulled the sheep's wool over your eyes. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what I put up with. <laughs> uh, the man is a saint. Okay. Well. He gave you two beautiful sons. He gave me. <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is a man does most of the work. <laughs> uh. Uh. Anyway, let's talk about Miss Marvel. I have some more stuff about this. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yes, please. I want to ask you. It's just very quick. Yeah. Um, Is Dorinda's headpiece, is that cultural appropriation? I don't know what. You know, it's interesting because she came in really excited about it. And she showed Eva and like Eva obviously was wearing like a bonnet, I think herself, or I think it was Phaedra that was wearing a bonnet. And Dorinda was so excited to show it to them, but then, like, she immediately took it off to show them, like, her hair. And I was just like, you know, Dorinda, like, it's not being used in the same application as it is for you. Like, you're wearing it as, like, a fun thing, whereas they're wearing it for hair, like, for a protective hairstyle for their yeah, hair. Yeah, they, they have a, like, it has a practical use for it. It has a practical use for it for textured hair, whereas Dorinda's wearing it for fashion. Now, I will say... <sighs> I don't know. I don't get to say whether or not it's appropriation because it's not my culture. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Gotcha. All right. What's your next question? Uh, it's not a question. It's more of a statement. Okay. Uh, I love Tamara. Oh! She's very hot. She's very hot. And I just love her energy. And I love her energy when she's away from Vicky. Yes. Yeah. That was the other thing. I do think Tamara mm-hmm. is way more fun without Vicky. Yeah. I do. Uh you know, the interesting thing about Tamara is, like, she's out there talking about Roe versus Wade. She's telling all these people to go fuck themselves. Like, she's mm-hmm. she's selling CBD. Like, she's not – I do think that Tamara is capable of evolving, whereas, like, I don't think Vicky is at all. Like, Vicky is somebody who came in as a fully baked person, and to be honest, she has not changed at all since her first season of the show. <laughs> a fully baked Alaska of a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So, <laughs> so that's that. Yeah. And uh, Tamara's been on an evolution. Like she, she came in, she was married to this horrible man named Simon. It's like, she's, she's had her ups and downs that one. And yeah. it's bizarre that she has found her way into my heart. And I'm like, you know, Tamara's kind of to- tolerable. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the last thing, we didn't talk about Taylor. Yeah. Because she barely factored into this episode. But she's a beautiful woman. But, like, her confessionals, she has, like, terrible, like, body, like, posture. And I think it affects her voice because she isn't getting enough air into her diaphragm. So it keeps getting, like, lower and lower. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Taylor. Sweet, sweet Taylor from Oklahoma. Oh, she's from Oklahoma. Yeah, she was just so, apparently her, she has a whole other name. She came to Hollywood to be somebody. Taylor Armstrong, I don't think, is her a God-given name, if you will. I think that that was a, a stage name, perhaps. And and Taylor has, like, you know, next episode, you'll see it, if you watch it, you'll see it more. She has, like, definitely a um, a body that is, like, that was a hot – her real name is Shayna Lynette Hughes. Mm-hmm. So she definitely has, like, a body and overall look that was, like, the look in the 90s. Yeah. Like that was like the bombshell in the nineties. She's like super yeah. tall. She had big boobs and big lips and like she looked like a you know she looked like a Playboy girl or whatever. Yeah, like one of those like Pamela Anderson look alike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like prettier, I'd say. But um, you know, you know she is the mm-hmm. cat the woman yelling at yeah, a cat meme. Familiar course. with that. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Anyway. Um but uh, I do feel bad for Taylor. I do, I do think that Taylor is like the perfect example. I think I mentioned this before. I think she's like, she's like this for this show's version of like um, somebody like say uh, like Melissa Howard back, right? From real world New Orleans, yeah. like of her being like, Hey, I stepped away from this and I came back and things are just as crazy as ever. But yeah. I do love and still it's, seared into my brain at that dinner in the second episode where she swings her finger and says listen up shut up you little bitch to brandy it's just like amazing like the energy is is yeah i definitely felt uh i guess what's her name shana her her name is taylor okay we call people by the name they want i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry i apologize god's sake yeah very good okay you want to talk about Miss Marvel? Sure. So this episode four, it was a very Pakistan-heavy episode. Yes. What did you love about it, and what did you hate about it? Um, what did I love about it? Do you want to talk about what we love and hate about the series overall? Or I mean, I don't think you hate anything. I don't hate anything. I don't, you know, I and I don't want to say that I hate anything about uh, the show either, even though that's what I've. Uh, even though I've used that word multiple times in our, in our group chats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but before, you know, I talk about what I don't like about it, I think I just want to make sure that it is like, I can't describe how amazing it is to watch some of the stuff on screen. Yeah. Like how much it affects us, like yeah. or how much it affects me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing about it. Like, you know, we've been watching, um, We've been watching Western media for a long time, right? Since like the yeah. mid-90s or whatever. So 
there was a time when we used to get excited just by seeing like the brown doctor on er or whatever yeah or like or like the 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 sprint commercial guy like one minute two minute whatever you know what i mean but we don't we don't need that anymore um so when we were like uh when the show was announced and stuff like that um i didn't expect it to be as pakistani and as muslim as it is like the big stuff they knock it out of the park you know what i mean and like, especially, I mean, the, the biggest thing being like, you know, this is a show, this is a Marvel show, it's a comic book show, but like the central storyline is about the partition, which is yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, like, and nobody, I don't think that we've ever seen in modern, like in American media, at least ever, mm-hmm. a television show that has ever talked about the partition. Even in shows about Indian families, I've never yeah. seen anybody ever talk about the partition. It's so like I don't know how to describe it. It's just so fucking badass. Like yeah, you know, that that's yeah. what they that you know they could have gone like you know with like brown stories, especially made for like um, a Western audience. There's certain tropes that you expect at this point, right? So mm-hmm. it's like the it can either be like the fish out of the water or like the restrictive parents or and there's a you know there's some of that yeah. stuff in here also, but it's not over it's not overdone or anything like that either, right? Yeah. Um, but like to have it be about the partition and it's not just a Pakistani story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, I hope what it means is that there's going to be like an Indian part of this story. Also, obviously I don't think it's going to happen this season, yeah. but I hope it opens up the Avenue for like Indians and Bangladeshis and stuff like that, because that's, you know, it's like collective trauma for that entire region. And yeah. it's never talked about. You know, something I, I don't know if I, I don't know who I was talking to this, uh, talking to about this, but like, there is something pretty moving about the fact that like, like, like my kids for, for my, my kids are, my kids are first generation. I think I brought this up on therapy. My kids are first generation. And like for us, for like me and you, every single generation of people before us have, has, uh, are migrants they've moved around and like that's pretty amazing considering like i think we can probably go back what five generations of people that have moved right so every single generation of people before us had to were born in a place and were moved to a place and it wasn't always like a traumatic move right like obviously for during the partition and war and all that stuff there was our you know we like our dad had a very traumatic life but like mm-hmm. and obviously for us it was different because we were just like smelly and brown but like it's still a different type of trauma it was like lowercase t trauma you know yeah. than than like the real big stuff but you don't think i th- i think that you don't realize like how that kind of move like it's genetically in your muscle memory almost mm-hmm. right and then like th- i i think a lot about Maybe that's why Aiden, even though he's like born and raised here, still struggles with feeling like he belongs here, even yeah. though he lives in a brown, super brown, black town. Like everybody in his school looks like him. It's a very like ethnically ambiguous school. There's people of all colors and race and religion and everything. And everyone is celebrated with their particular background and no one is shunned but for him to still often feel like he still struggles to find his own place i'm like i almost get annoyed i'm like 
why are you still struggling with this, buddy? Like you were like you have everything. You mm-hmm. have everything. What could you be possibly struggling with with your identity? But even like, you know, you see it with like Kamala, where like, obviously she's like born in this country in America, mm-hmm. but she's still struggling with it because even when you're born here, right, you are not uh you're not woven into the fabric of this country. And when you live in a country that was not necessarily made for you, you're always going to struggle. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's like a psychological component to that, right? To to feeling, not feeling completely at home. Um, But I remember, I think it was uh, Conan talked about visiting Ireland once. Yeah. And he said when he stepped off the plane, he felt it in his bones. He felt like I am genetically made to survive in this environment yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. so Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the last time I went to Pakistan was 2005, yeah. right? And somewhere in the middle of that trip, I felt that. I was like mm-hmm. the environment, like this. And, you know, I we've never been, we've never lived in Pakistan. Yeah. We were in Saudi Arabia. And then that's so why I always considered Saudi Arabia to be my, um, you know, some sort of native land. Yeah. yeah. I think that probably has something to do with it, right? But then again, you know, the people that feel American, and and at this point, I do feel American, right? Because I care a lot about the policy. I don't know how much more American a white person feels than I feel. That's From everything that I've seen, you know, I would guess that they probably do feel because they've been here longer. But um, I don't know, man. But also, I don't think currently women in America feel like they're part of America, right? Because yeah. they're being completely washed out of any type of protection. So, mm-hmm. it's, I do think that I do think that uh, controversial. I do think that I think it's psychological, but I do think that a big part of it is that we do still exist in a world that is made by and for white men. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the old white supremacy and the old patriarchy. Yep. You know, that's why you do so well at dive bars. Because what? Because I'm a white supremacist? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, you said it, not me. I culturally Um, appropriate uh, 65-year-old white men. I think that you really vibe with anybody who listens to Bruce Springsteen. Well, I mean, yeah, he's one of my top five whites. <laughs> top five whites. I'm putting me on the spot. Um, so I think that there's three whites that are on the list for life. I, they're not moving. Okay. Um, and I think a fourth may have just made. So obviously, Bruce. Uh-huh. Uh, um, John Stewart. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That's right. A woman. <laughs> a female. A female white. A female white. Um, number four, and I believe um, the paperwork is on the way, but I think he's going to make a permanent list, is uh, Steve Kerr. Do you know who Steve Kerr is? Oh, yes, of course. He's the coach of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. yeah. I've loved him since he was a Chicago Bill, which yeah. you watched on The Last Dance because you did watch it. <laughs> no, I remember Steve Kerr from when we were kids. I was like, oh, yeah. look at that white man. So I loved him as a player. I liked him as a player. I loved him as an announcer. And now I just, I love him as a coach and a, and a very woke white man. Yeah. Who's your number? F- number five is kind of a. Isn't it? Is, is what? 
It's Mel Gibson, isn't it? <laughs> Who are your top five uh, top five whites, and why is Vicky Gunvalson number one? Dorinda, <laughs> it's Tamara, it's Vicky, it's Brandy. No, wait, who's number five for you? Number five is, uh, there was a time there was a sports writer named Bill Simmons that would have oh, been number yeah. five. But I have been, I've checked out of Bill Simmons over the last two years. He pissed me off over okay. a podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think legacy, probably Bill Simmons. But I could keep it open. I don't know. Chris Pratt, you maybe. Chris Pratt! <laughs> now you're just grinding my gears. <laughs> what about, um, what about Conan? Yeah, I thought Conan. I thought Conan. Probably. I don't know, but I don't want to describe, I don't want to limit Conan to just a white person. Oh, I mean, he's also a redhead. It's the same. It's the same. Re- like I wouldn't put Tom Cruise on my list of top five whites. Yeah, he's we, Tom Cruise. He's not a white really, person. And also, you barely know him. He's not a white person. No, he's just Tom Cruise. <laughs> he's his own race. Yeah, he's a movie star. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, like you don't know anything. We don't know anything about Tom Cruise. Like I don't yeah. think number that's... five. Yeah, Chris Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Bobert, two women. Look at that. Hamhawk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know who my top five uh, whites are, but because, you know. Um, Is that a normal thing to make a list of? It's not a normal <laughs> list of. I, didn't, I never thought of that. You know also why? Because I'm um, fully ready to just – there's many times that people leave um, reviews on our uh, on iTunes about yeah. the podcast, and they're like, these women are always complaining about white people. <laughs> like, okay. I agree. Yeah. Too yeah. much yappity yap. Right, 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 right. So um, anyway, wait, about Miss Marvel, can we go back to that? Yes. Um, just talking about like identity and stuff. I like the conversation she's having with her nanny where she's like, her nanny's like, you know, I don't know what to be and I don't know how to feel home because my roots yeah. are in this place. And I'm obviously here. My passport says one thing, but I don't know where home is. Yeah. And that's actually something that I thought of for a long time because I don't think that I had and this is something that like my therapist helped me unlock because she said so much of like my imposter syndrome and my self-doubt and my anxiety is baked into the fact that like I don't think I ever had a home. Like mm-hmm. I obviously consider New Jersey my home and consider my house my home because I bought it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, like also what? I'm going through a massive uh, renovation project in my house. Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself in my house. <laughs> my house, okay. <laughs> My name is on the deed. Is there a deed for houses? I should know yes, that. I'm the documents. Anyway. Um, no, but like I used to struggle with that for a really long time because I was like, what is home? I don't know what home is. Obviously, like for when we were kids, it was like Riyadh. And then it was like, well, I'm not Saudi mm-hmm. and I'm Pakistani, but I'm, I was never Pakistani enough for our like family in Pakistan. Yeah. And then I wasn't American enough for here. And then we were in Pennsylvania. And just when we like got comfortable there, our parents were like, we're moving to Jersey. And then yeah. obviously I do consider New Jersey like my home base. Like I, I yeah. consider myself a Jersey, a New Jersey, a Jersey girl, if you will. I hate saying that. But like. That's a very uh, popular Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> it was a cover, actually. 
It just like calling myself a Jersey girl sounds like something Melissa Gorga would say, you know? Yeah. I just hate that. But going back to Miss Marvel, I do feel like I am from New Jersey and I do feel very much connected to New Jersey because when I watch the show, I'm like, hey, yeah, I think that's I think that's like the best representation of me as a whole because it is a Pakistani person and it is somebody from New Jersey and there's very specific Jersey things that happen on the show. I don't think everybody would get. And And that's the thing, right? It gets like almost all of the small things perfectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just even the, um, it wasn't this episode, it was the episode before during the Mandy. Yeah. Like the, the choreographed dances were choreographed perfectly. The way because that because they weren't perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they weren't perfect. They were like, yeah. it, it, I think in other in other um, shows and stuff, like they would just show the dances. But the yeah. fact that like like no one knows what a Muslim nikah looks like. Yep. Like, and even no but those characters, like even in the middle of the nikah, right? Yeah. They're just they're religious kids, but they're still like cool kids. Yeah, you know, we joking around. the word that you just said right now so that nobody thinks that we're saying the N-word. It's very oh, yeah, complicated, sorry. guys. The Muslim, the Arabic word for a marriage ceremony or a marriage contract is called a nikah. And we say it in our shitty Pakistani accents. And it sounds like the N-word and it's very problematic. And I'm sorry, but I promise that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we can't continue anymore. <laughs> you ruined everything. But yeah. Yeah, they're like regular kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. Um, this Karachi episode, do you feel like it was a good representation of Karachi? That's that's where the small things start to bother me. Oh, where Because God. it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, it, this is just me being an asshole. I know I'm being an asshole, right? Yeah. But like, don't have the nani speak English. Have her limit her dialogue. Speak in Urdu. It's fine. Uh, you know, there's enough. You can translate. It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, this nani does talk. I, I did wish that the conversation between uh, Maniba and her mom was fully in Urdu because I do mm-hmm. think that, that would have been more realistic. Um, but I would understand why the nani would talk to Gamala in, in English. That sure. makes sense to me. No nanny speaking to their grand. Uh, our mother talks to my children in English. Our mother hasn't lived in Pakistan her entire life. She's yeah, lived here for the last 30 yeah, but years. Muniba's mom is cool, obviously. They have a Mercedes, okay? So that that was my other question. So this is, again, just a little thing that I'm just being a jerk about. I know I'm being a jerk, yeah. right? Muniba talks about how, by the way, a beautiful scene when she's talking to, uh, um, by the way, is it Kamala or Kamala? I'm going to get Kamala. To- it's Kamala, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful scene when she talks to her about moving there, right? Yeah. Um, and then how she found her mosque and she found her community or whatever. But she yeah. talks about struggling when she moved to America. So yeah. I'm like, wait, are they burger or are they bun kebab? Which I no. think I'm going to have to explain. No, yeah. So when you live in Pakistan and you act like a Westerner, it's called a burger. And a bun kebab is uh it's a, a and a kebab, which, so, which yeah. is more a regular person. Um, so just because Muniba came from money doesn't mean that uh, Mr. Khan came from money. Yeah, I think that's I think that's trying too hard. So in that moment, I was like, well, they want to have it both ways, right? 
Yeah, but that happens, Raheel. You can you can be a woman who comes from a lot of money in Pakistan or has a family with money and marries into a family that doesn't have that. That happens all the time. I know. I'm being a jerk. I agree. I'm being jerk. a jerk. You are. And so like so like the scene on the beach, right? Perfect scene. Oh, perfect. perfect. Perfect scene. We've we've had that experience of singing on the uh, yeah. singing on the beach with a the guitar. They yeah. couldn't get perfect song too. Oh, like, Babya by Sajad Ali. Perfect so song. So good. They couldn't find a motherfucker that could speak Urdu okay, to sing the song. Aramis. Wait, the guy who's singing the song it doesn't sing it Ter- well. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Mind it. But you know what? If you ever hear those burger kids in Pakistan, they kind of sound like that. They don't. We have we have nephews that are burger. They don't sound like that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, Aramis Knight, the guy who plays the Red Dagger, yeah, aka Kareem. I was like, "Bajado, yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I but I do think they cast him because he looks like the comic book character, and also because. I think he did a lot of his like own stunts and stuff. Like yeah. he looked like a more a nimble little guy. So I mm-hmm. think that's why they picked him, even though he could not speak any Urdu at all. Yeah. He just looked like a, just an exotic person. Yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. I don't think that this man is Pakistani, but it turns out he is. Um can I just say I get really excited every time? Well, my kids get really excited every time they say Noor on the show. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you. You get a big kick out of that? They get so excited. They love it. And I'll I tell you what I got a kick out of. Yeah. When uh, Bruno said the word gin, yeah. I had the same exact same reaction as Kamala had. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they went to gins. That's amazing. Yeah. You know that story that, story that Farhan Akhtar tells about yes. like being tethered to... Yes. Like, I grew up with that story. Yes. So I was just on, uh, I was on that um, uh, Reality and Comics 2 podcast uh, mm-hmm. with my friend Kendrick. And I did tell him about that. I was like, you know, the thing with jinn and even in Islam and the way that we like the, the Pakistani like mythology is that they don't exist in this world or the other world. They exist in like a limbo. And yes. so they are just kind of there, but in a background. And only yes. some people can see them and some people can't. And yeah. like, so this this idea that like Kamala could have some way of seeing jinns, but other people might not, or she might be able to possess some power that it would allow her to communicate with jinns, or like or their world is yeah. like very much a thing. It's so it's such a Pakistani thing. Like jinn stories so are such a Pakistani thing. Like that thing that she says is perfect, where she says it's like a ghost story, but like ten times worse. And because that is how do you believe in jinns? Of course I do. Honestly. Yeah. So. A chill has come over my room. Right now. <laughs> like, I think they're here. Which they might be. It's fine, guys. You're welcome. I'm not mad about it. I um, I've you know, I go uh, up and down with my levels of religiousity. What <laughs> of my religiousness? Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of wishy washy with it. Mm-hmm. I believe in jinns 99.99 percent. Like you will not break my belief of jinns. Of course. Because we have the story. We got the stories. We know the stories. There's so many stories that we know. <laughs> yeah. Um were you excited to see Farhan Akhtar on the show? I was very excited. In our in our cousins group, I just sent an ooh text message. Yeah. When he came on. Yeah. Very exciting. Um I have been hit by a car in Pakistan before. Ooh. 
You don't remember this? You know this about that? Yeah, I uh, I didn't pay the guy the second half of the money. He didn't complete the job. <laughs> I got hit by a car accident. So when they're having that like chase scene, where yeah. like people are just getting fucking bulldozed over, <laughs> I was like, you know what? That is kind of what it felt like. <laughs> By a very slow car in Pakistan. Um, and then, yeah, this episode ends with the fucking scene in the partition that destroyed me. Yeah. So for all my little bitching about all the little things or whatever, it's all worth it just for that last shot, oh which is God. still so crazy to me that that's where they went. Good on them, man. Good on them. Good good for them for weaving this into the, the comic book story. Yeah. I don't. I don't know any of like the actual Miss Marvel comic book story. I don't know if it has to do with gins or partition or whatever. But like the fact that these people like took this opportunity and they could have half assed it and like, you know, done like a, a big sick version of like a brown superhero. Don't get me um, started. But instead they were like, No, fuck that. We're going right to the core. We're going right to the core of generations of trauma for everyone in that area. For everyone and and all. Yeah. Yes. So that's it. Well, thank- I'm looking forward to it. I know. I love it. I love it so much. And uh, and hey, 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 I hope you have a good. <laughs> I hope you have a good July Fourth. This this episode is going to be on our Patreon first. I'm going to yeah. release it tonight, uh, which is June thirtieth, and then um, I'll post it for everybody else to listen to later on in the week. So. I don't like this because, you know, I put a lot of effort into oh my. my appearances on here. And the fact that I can't share it, I, I can't expect somebody to pay for Patreon if I want them to listen to. And I'm out there in the world. I want, you know, I want to share this with some people. And the women that I want to share it with just recently lost their jobs at Club 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should tell them to subscribe to our Patreon and then they can listen. To That's it. not how this works. I give them the money. <laughs> Could you imagine if you started paying people, uh, paying for multiple people's Patreon membership? And then <laughs> I was like, wow, the numbers are <laughs> high. <laughs> uh, boy. A different kind of solicitation. All right. Well, uh, bye. <laughs>
Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen. So I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas, and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them.